Welcome back to In the Cube Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. I'm your co-host, Phil. And just scrolling through the IMDb page for today's film, I'm really amused to see that one of the reasons why this film is rated PG-13 is for a brief, rude gesture, which is basically somebody flipping somebody off. And just to think that that is something that people feel the need to warn us about ahead of time, it seems a little precious. There was a point at which the MPAA like had some parents group get mad at them or something for not being specific enough about what kind of content was in the film. So sometimes when you read the summary of content, it's, Mm. it's extremely amusing because it'll be so weirdly specific about things. (laughs) Yeah, it is such as this case. It's really the MPAA is a sham of an organization. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I'm Andrew. I'm your other co-host, and uh, it's funny. Uh, all they had to do to make a Marvel movie good was to remove most of the things that uh, actually typify a Marvel movie. So, <laughs> uh, bravo. <laughs> well, this should be interesting, Andrew, because I know one of your complaints about other Marvel films was the computer-generated special effects. Well, we will talk about that. Because if I have any qualms about this movie, they rest primarily on that front. Well, of course, the film that you came here to listen to us talk about is Black Panther. Oh, yes. It's a new Marvel film, a groundbreaking film in many ways. We're going to talk all about it in just one moment. But Mm -hmm. first, I want to tell you guys out there where you can find us on the web. You can go to our blog, which is found at www.in-the-q.com. Also, we have a Facebook page. Just search Facebook for In the Queue, Q-U-E-U-E. It's how that word's spelled. Both of those places, you'll find all of our episodes. On Facebook, you'll find articles and other things we post that have to do with the discussion. And if you want to reach out to us, Facebook is the best way to do that. So like yep. us on Facebook, and then we will show up in your newsfeed. Also, we are on Twitter. Uh, our account is at ITQ Podcast. Lastly, you can find us on iTunes or podcasts, overcast aggregators, mm-hmm. and who knows where else. Everywhere. So without further ado, we're everywhere, man. We're like the omnipresence of the universe. <laughs> wow. 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 Today's film. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today's film is Black Panther. You're telling me that the king of a third world country runs around in a bulletproof cat suit? Why don't you ask him yourself? Because he's right outside. <laughs> Bingo. My king. Stop it. The Black Panther lives. He's coming. That's damn calm. Watch me do my I hope you're ready, bro. Cause I'm just getting started. Let's have some fun. You show off. They don't wanna see me get into the shit. They just wanna see me swimming in the don't drown on ground with a tea. Now I'm gonna freeze. 
I want your weapons. You want to play your secrets? Pops on the radar. It's all mine now. Is this your king? Ah! This ends today. tickets now so that's the trailer for black panther um mm-hmm. i haven't seen every marvel film but i wouldn't say that i've seen a better one i thought this <laughs> one was really solid and and way more engaging than any of the other ones that we reviewed on this podcast yeah i've seen most of the marvel movies uh with a couple of exceptions probably most notably thor ragnarok which i have not mm. seen yet and i'm kind of ashamed of because it is directed by Taika Waititi, who I am a big fan of. Uh-huh. Uh, and we can talk about this as we sort of move into the podcast, Phil, but uh, it, it seems to be a new uh, epoch when it comes to Marvel films, where they seem to be loosening the reins a little bit and letting directors kind of take the movies and mold them a little bit more to their vision. I think that this movie certainly qualifies as that. Sure, uh, and I think that that might be the smartest thing that Marvel could have done at this point in time because, yeah, I mean, I for one have gotten very tired of their formula, um, and even though this film follows kind of a formulaic structure, it is, it doesn't feel like uh, another boring old Marvel origin story. Right. And I've wondered, like, how much freedom do these filmmakers really have when they're dealing with the gigantic infrastructure of Disney and Marvel? And Ryan Coogler, he's only 31, which is kind of remarkable. I think he's the youngest person to direct a Marvel film. Yeah. But one of the things that he said in interviews is that Marvel actually gave him some freedoms, him and his co-writer, Joe Robert Cole, to to get a little bit more personal with the story because – yeah. Kugler is from the East Bay, just a scant drive from where I am now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the film opens in Oakland. Um, and previously, Kugler made Fruitvale Station, which is a stop in Oakland on the BART. Yep. And, uh, you know, that to me is, is clearly that points to the the stamp of the auteur in this case, the writer director who is kind of bringing his own experience to this gigantic tentpole picture, which is probably the biggest of the year or the biggest of the past six months for certain sure um joe robert cole the co-writer did a lot of really good work on the uh the people versus oj simpson those american crime story series yep i thought that was a really good well-written and well-done um series so here you've got a conglomerate of very talented black actors and talented black filmmakers uh, you've also got the very recently championed cinematographer, Rachel, Rachel Morrison, yeah. who shot Mudbound. Um, so, yeah, uh, all around, this movie just seems pretty progressive. It seems pretty pretty with it and pretty, pretty right for this time. Yeah, uh, I would say so. And, um, and it, to, to boot, it's a just a good, compelling action flick sure you know which uh which are which are rare enough these days by themselves you mentioned uh a minute ago phil that uh they were kind of loosening up the reins and letting the directors do 
a little bit more with the movies. I wonder if that isn't a direct response to the backlash that they got about Ant-Man um, when Edgar Wright was originally slated to direct that film. Mm. And he le- he famously left the project because they were being they were trying to you know put him in a box essentially they wouldn't let oh. him fulfill his vision for the for the the movie now <clears throat> the flip side of that of course is that disney as a corporation also just got rid of the uh directors of the um new han solo movie and yeah. replaced them with uh the old stalwart ron howard yeah, there's a trailer for Solo before this film, and the, the the friend that I was with, who just absolutely devours every single movie, said, "I'm not excited about this at all." <laughs> oh no! So yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have a lot of momentum, I think. But anyway, but back to Black Panther. Yes. So, um, it's Chadwick Boseman is the main character, T'Challa, King of Wakanda, aka Black Panther, mm-hmm. and he's he's got. Uh, supporters in Lupita Nyong'o uh, and also uh, the the actress from uh, The Walking Dead, Danai Gurira. And uh, great playwright as well. She's a fantastic playwright. Oh, did not know that. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya is here. Um, Forrest Whitaker. So you got an Sterling Angela K. Bassett. Brown, the recent uh, mm-hmm. Emmy winner. And yeah, graduate and- of my high school. Did not know that either. He was there when then, I was there, and I didn't even know him at the time. One of one of my favorite uh, internet jokes also centers around Andy Serkis and Martin Freeman. Oh yeah, two, <laughs> two characters who are the Tolkien white guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ha ha ha. Yuck yuck. yuck. Uh, but yeah, but Andy Serkis, he really he's really hamming it up, and I think that I think he's just really excited to not have to wear a motion capture outfit. Sure, once, you know, like he's, he's, he's also actually... surprisingly jacked. I mean, he was very muscular well, in this film, very he, big. He looks like all the gorillas that he's been imitating all these years. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to become like uh, the the guy in uh, uh, the, square. the square. Yeah, <laughs> Terry No Terry. Terry No Terry. Walking around um, with those crutches. And then Michael B. Jordan is a great antagonist. Yep. Eric Killmonger. I mean, oh, man. And the fact that – so the, this, the film mostly takes place in Wakanda, which is this country in Africa, which is uh, simultaneously both has a lot of kind of agrarian culture as well as very up-to-date futuristic technology and the kind of technology that you don't really find at, in many other places. Yeah, um, anywhere else but, on Earth, really. I mean, right. they, have, they are far advanced beyond everybody else because of but the vibranium that they have in their exactly, mountains. Exactly, that's what it is, the vibranium. That's the, the juju that they get uh, that's revealed in the beginning. Um, Eric Killmonger has kind of a more American sensibility to him, having lived in Oakland. Um, funny side note, I almost saw this film in Oakland. Oh, when I was there on Saturday, that would have been interesting. But instead, I saw fun. it uh, yesterday in Davis. Um, so, yeah, it's I won't reveal too much about the plot because it's it's fun just to kind of watch and let it all unfold. Sure. Um, but. This movie. It just it lands better and stronger and harder than any other action movie any mar- specifically any Marvel film or DC film that I've seen, 
And I think maybe one reason why it hit me personally, and not just me, but so many others, sure, is that there's 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 obviously more at stake with this film than there is with any other Marvel film. I mean, more than the Avengers, more than Thor, anything, you know, because this is a big deal, of course. Uh, here's a almost entirely black cast. The first black Marvel movie, of course, is how everybody is 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 understanding this film. And not just that, but uh, you kind of get this resonance with like so many different scenes in the movie mm. that they're not just speaking to the kingdom of Wakanda, sure. of course. They're speaking to how black people are treated in America, around the world. And one of the one of the really interesting ways that the film concludes, which I can say without really giving away too much, you know, there's there's of course the the post credit sequence. Um, and there's this scene where Black Panther is at the United Nations in Austria and uh he's trying to kind of marshal support for his team. Yep. And and one of the white uh, European members says, like, oh, what, you know, Wakanda, how can you trust an agricultural nation? And then the camera just, like, dollies in on Chadwick Boseman's face, and he just kind of grins a little bit. <laughs> and you just kind of get the sense, like, oh, like, yeah, well, no, they don't know, but they will. Yeah, yeah. And I think that if this is a movie who, <clears throat> uh, you know, the plot hangs together well. It's It's... It's exciting. It's 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 you know, not that predictable, but yet it's still satisfying. It feels right, and um, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I think that this is, and I'm also pleased to see that this movie, which got a lot of really stupid uh, downvotes from people who never saw it, of course, on IMDb, it's now miraculously kind of crawling up up, up again into the the eight range because of people who are supporting Actually it and it, realizing yeah. realizing that it's the real deal it's a it's like a really great marvel film and it's it speaks to uh to everybody so i think it's well i think it's a solid as we know the internet is a cesspool and uh <laughs> the worst of humanity hangs out there um so of course people would downvote it without seeing it um I was very trepidatious about seeing this because, as you know, I've become so fatigued by the Marvel formula and uh, I find myself getting very bored in those movies. Um, but this film was not boring uh, in the same way. And I think that that's for a number of different reasons. One mm -hmm. of which is that they eschew the uh, oh-so-pleased-with-itself Marvel formula uh, for everybody cracking jokes every two seconds throughout the film, um, no matter who, right. which character it is. I mean, there are characters in the film who, as far as I know, never make a crack or never do anything funny, um, <laughs> never even try, right? There are characters who are largely comic relief. Uh, his sister, the the princess and sort of uh, uh, cue of the, of the movie... <laughs> Exactly. Uh, comes to, to mind. Uh, played by Letitia Wright, who was in the last episode of this most recent season of Black Mirror, which was wonderful. In fact, a number of the actors in this movie um, have shown up in Black Mirror, uh, mm -hmm. which is very satisfying as well. Yeah, Daniel um, Kaluuya being one of them. Yes, Daniel Kaluuya being very famously uh, in uh, the second season or the first season of Black Mirror. Um yeah. 
So, yeah, uh, I mean, you've heard me complain about it a million times. I hate it that everybody is always cracking jokes in Marvel movies. Sure. Um, and even though I understand that that is also the case in, in this most recent Thor movie, uh, I I do kind of give Taika Waititi a pass because that is kind of his specialty. Um, <clears throat> but in this movie, I think it serves to do exactly what I was hoping it would do, which is to heighten the drama of like when things matter to the characters in a film Mm -hmm. you can sense that as an audience member if characters are being dismissive about the danger that they're in or if they're being dismissive about the seriousness of the quest that they are pursuing then you as an audience member become dismissive of it and you you don't end up being as involved or as interested in seeing that mission through to the end Mm -hmm. and I think that that is the great failing of almost all of the Marvel movies is that the characters don't seem to be worried. So why should we be worried? Right. Mm. Yeah. And that is not the case in this film. Um, It is, it's serious stuff that they're dealing with. And I think that I I had a friend who described it as uh, a two part film. The first part is James Bond. The second part is uh, age of empires. I think they said, um, (laughs) Which is, uh, of course, a famous series of video games that are, are all about nations conquering each other, etc. Right. Um, and and they're right to some extent, but uh, in in both of those cases, you're not talking about overly humorous films. Sure, Bond is known to crack a joke here and there, and certainly plenty of the Bond films have gone <laughs> so far over the top that they're just ridiculous to watch. Uh-huh. But they're still taking themselves seriously, and you get that sense of danger. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, and that I can't, I just can't overemphasize how important that is to a story for for you to actually care about what's happening to the characters. And these are all such interesting and uh, multifaceted and fun characters to be around. That yeah, and 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 also. You can tell that it really matters to the people who are writing and and making this film. Yeah. Uh, You can tell that they don't want to kind of undercut what they're trying to say or do with with a self-aware joke. Yes. You know, it's like this is – as I was saying, the stakes are bigger with this film. It's more interesting. It's it's fresher. And I think that – you know, Ryan Coogler also directed Creed – Yep. which uh, was another solid drama of that year. And I think I think he's a serious filmmaker, and I think he brings that seriousness to the story. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. And uh, despite the fact that it, it has its share of, you know, ridiculous comic book tropes, you know, mm. um, that you're, you're just going to, you can't really avoid if you're making a comic book movie. Um, at least in, in this vein of comic books, you know. It's a different thing when you're talking about making American Splendor or something like that. Uh, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, this is, you know, it's it's much more, it's much more consequential what happens in the film. And I think that the film lives on that. I also yeah. think that the performances in here are universally good. I don't think there's a bad performance in this movie. Um, oh, yeah. E- e- including and Andy Serkis hamming it up, <laughs> <laughs> doing his sort of uh, 
best Charlotte Copley in Elysium kind of uh, impression. <laughs> I, I understand that Martin Freeman has played the same role in other films, yeah. but I just I don't understand if you get Martin Freeman in your big budget popcorn movie, you do it because you because you want people to recognize who he is. Sure. But then if you recognize him, you know, he's British. So why would you have to why would you make him be an American? You know, because hey, to you know, here's another complaint that comes up on in the queue many times. I talk about how terrible people's. American accents are English people's American Australians American accents are Martin Freeman nailed it man it was very convinced there were a couple of moments where I I, I heard him kind of slip out of it a little bit but for yeah, the like, most I part was, I was hit it. I was just waiting man like I, I couldn't like completely suspend my disbelief because I was I was too self-conscious of his oh, acting, no. <laughs> that acting like, okay when's he gonna when's that hard R going hard to come out R. Andrew hates so much <laughs> I do hate that. I really do. No, but it was it was good. It was better than than others I've seen. I just think it's kind of interesting that certainly that, better of all people, than why him? Doctor Strange with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Um. Everything about this movie is better than Doctor Strange. Uh. I I really like Chadwick Boseman a lot. Uh, as a personality. Um. I've I haven't seen all of the films that he's done, but he's been. He's kind of the biopic. King, right now. Um, right, uh, Jackie three, Robinson, James Brown, yeah, Thurgood Marshall. Ah, yes, yes. Yeah. He's he's now, he's been knocking out those those biopics, but he's he a looks very just like the real Black Panther too. You know, I mean, like <laughs> the likeness is outstanding. Sure, sure. <laughs> this is a biopic. Did you know that? <laughs> oh no! Wow! Yeah, it's a true wow. story. Wow. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, he he's he's a great presence on screen. I mean, he's just a really compelling force on screen. Same with Michael B. Jordan. Um, I will say that I think Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler really amplify each other in a really wonderful way. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael B. Jordan, I've seen him do a few things outside of Ryan Coogler, and I have not been as impressed. I think that when he's in like the three the three movies he's done, which are all three of Ryan Coogler's films. Uh, Fruitvale Station, uh, uh, Creed, and then this film, uh, they're all his best performances. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, he, he is he is to uh, Ryan Coogler what, I don't know, Daniel Day-Lewis is to P.T. Anderson. I don't know, something. <laughs> or, or I would think like De Niro to Scorsese. Yeah. Or, yeah. or even Liv Ullman to Ingmar Bergman. Ooh. <laughs> Very nice. Take it a little or open. Gunnar Bjornstrand to Ingmar Bergman. Or but yeah, Gunnar, yeah, Bjornstrand. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I feel you. Um, but like, I, I wonder. I still wonder. You know, not to not to rain on anybody's parade, but sure. I just wonder. I want to talk about the special effects because I wonder, yeah, like, if other people who are watching this film and and get jazzed by this movie or jazzed <laughs> by other Marvel films, like, do do. People still have reservations about CGI like I do. There's still a certain kind of like uncanny valley, even if you're not showing a person. But there's a phoniness to these digital environments sure. that like I see it and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. But wait, now that I'm looking at it for more than a second, it doesn't really feel real. And it's yeah, I got fake. I got very distracted in this movie when he was in. There's a there's a, a number of dream sequences in the film, 
and in the dream mm-hmm. land, the dream savanna, uh, very strangely, there's like no motion in the background at all. And it was sort of <clears throat> kind of distracting to me to see like a lot mm-hmm. of motion in the foreground. And what, what was clearly a green screen. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, yeah. And that, you know, <clears throat> I don't really love it when that happens. I don't really love it when you can tell that it's been green screened and it was distracting in this. There were, there were some wonderfully beautiful sequences of challenging the King for his throne that were set on these, these wonderful cliffs with waterfalls and is mm-hmm. this kind of beautiful thing. But it was also again, so painfully green screened that it was distracting. Now I will say it was not nearly as distracting later in the film when there were some battle sequences or even <clears throat> in the middle of the film when there's some chase sequences uh, wherein special effects were pretty heavily used, but by and large, the interaction between elements was understandable. Um, like, you know, the, the, the backgrounds may have been green screened, but they, they seem to be uh, relatively real ish. Um, yeah. The objects that people are holding, like they had these sort of, uh, uh, energy shields, these vibranium energy shields that they use that were kind of had a really cool effect to them that I really kind of dug. Uh-huh. Um, there were some uh, special effects with regards to piloting uh, aircraft and or cars remotely that I thought was really cool the way it was executed. I thought it was very convincing the way it was executed. Um, mm-hmm. It's It's just when a good half of your movie is green screen it's going to be hard to make it fully believable right and i just wonder if if audiences nowadays do believe it wholeheartedly or or because i i mean i'm fully fully aware you know you and i we're not spring chickens anymore sure sure. Our, and tarantino said a couple of years back that cinema as he knows it is dead yeah uh, because yeah. uh you know film is no longer as popular although film film isn't dead actual celluloid is not dead and i think it does have a chance to 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 grow even more um yeah but 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 it's clear that computer generated effects have been embraced embraced to the point where matte painting or miniatures or other more temp uh tangible methods have kind of been scuttled well it's funny uh because i can go back and watch let's say an indiana jones movie and the matte paintings in an Indiana Jones movie, to my eye, are more convincing than the green screen in this movie. I understand that. Um, yeah, and and it it just looks better to me. Uh, and I know that they do digital mats these days, but those digital mats tend to be overlaid using green screen technology. They key out the green and plop in a mat, and then call it a day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. Uh, I mean, if it, it, it is what it is. Um, I don't love it. I wish that they could shoot more of these movies with real sets or real locations with backgrounds. Yeah. I understand why they can't. You know, obviously, not every movie can go traipsing around the globe to, you know, <laughs> which in, was, was a weird thing about the 1517 to Paris, which we recently reviewed. There was a lot of location photography at very famous landmarks around Europe. Um, it's a very curious I don't, thing. 
I don't know if it's that they can't go around the world or that they just want to save money and be more efficient because like well sure they get like tax breaks if they keep it all in one place yeah and like the 1960s you know I was just looking at Spartacus okay sure so like Spartacus they had you know untold numbers of extras they were filming on location in these incredible vistas yeah that was like a huge epic undertaking and the 60s were full of these big screen epics kind of like that. They were very popular yeah. at the time. Yeah. Uh, but nowadays, I think people are looking to cut corners. I don't know if if Hollywood thinks, oh, yeah, people want to see CGI. That's what they're paying to see. Or if they're thinking, this is going to help us save money. This is, pop- this is current. We're going to do it this way. Personally, I think that it's probably a combination of Hollywood saying this will save us money and audiences saying we don't care. Mm. Like, I think that audiences genuinely don't care one way or the other, um, how fake it looks. Uh, I mean, we're now 20 years past the release of the matrix almost. And that was sort of the last time that special effects really changed the game, so to speak, uh, Mm. in terms of the way that people perceived movies. Whoa, 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 whoa. What about Avatar? Uh, nah. Do you count Avatar? No, the only thing that I think that Avatar really revolutionized was 3D technology, which uh, the vast majority of the population doesn't care about. Nobody wants to pay extra for a 3D movie. So you're not counting 3D as computer-generated technology? Well, I mean, it's been it's the technology is no different than it was in the 1950s. It's It's just a modern iteration of it. You know, it's, All right, fine. <laughs> I go ahead. I abhor 3D. Um, yeah, I yeah, I just you know, it is what it is. I have come to accept that my comic book movies are going to be chock full of just you know overworked CGI that doesn't look real, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm just happy that this movie has such good performances and such a good story and such a good script. There's something um, else about Black Panther 2, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Like, um, there's not a lot in the way of, of guns in the no. film. No, hardly and, any. And so a lot of the combat, especially the climactic, a lot of the, the, the scenes in Wakanda, it's either hand-to-hand or, like, spears. Yeah. And, and I think that when you're – there's something about that that's a more personalized – method of of action yes other than somebody standing and firing a fake gun that shoots fake bullets there's something about the physicality of of two people are more engaged in in combat with spears or other props that are actually there that can lend it a realism and and an excitement so that it makes it kind of emotionally land heavier than than seeing fake bullets shooting out of a fake gun across you know the frame. Sure, sure. Well, and especially if they're going to do that kind of stupid BS where the camera zooms in and it speed ramps down to super slow motion and it follows the bullet as it travels or some stupid crap like that. Hey, man, you, you're calling that stupid? That's in my new short film. <laughs> well, your new short film sucks. Oh, uh, damn it. <laughs> unless you're satirizing it in some glorious way. Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna do. Oh sure, sure. Claim satire, just like just like the the pundits <laughs> when they make a mistake. Very uh, used, it baby. was satire. Um, yeah, I 
yeah, the only time that I was really distracted by kind of uh, those kind of maneuvers was when people did ridiculous things. There's a, a shot that's in the tra- all the trailers, and it runs at the top of the IMDb page right now and all this kind of stuff where a car overturns and Black Panther jumps off of it and then onto another car, and it kind of does this impossible viewpoint where it arches up and over and cranes down. And, like, that kind of shot doesn't impress me, and I'm I'm shocked that it impresses anybody at this point in time. But that kind of thing doesn't really impress me. Um, yeah, I mean, what's good about this film is really the substance. I mean, the the action sequences are pretty decent. I found them the fight choreography to be relatively understandable most of the time. There are only a few times that I found myself getting lost in the kind of haze of the quick cutting and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just, you know, I <laughs> this was a movie where I cared. And that's so mm-hmm. rare in a in a a Marvel movie. A comic book movie, yeah. Comic book movie, especially a Marvel movie. And um yeah, I just thought that Denai Guerrero was so good and Lupita mm-hmm. Nyong'o was so good. I already yeah. said Chadwick and Michael B. Jordan were great. Um one of the things that I really cared about in this film too was also was the the villain too. Yeah. You know, like I mean Michael B. Jordan, he was a great villain because he was so interesting and in, in some way I think I found him more charismatic than Black Panther himself. <laughs> well and that's I think that's a good thing, actually. I think it I is think, too. I think I think any like having lame villains is is, you know, obviously the Achilles' heel of any superhero movie. Sure. Um which incidentally, I don't know if you saw the trailer for the new Ant Man movie, but that looked like a hot mess. <laughs> uh <laughs> the, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, Michael B. Jordan, just by his nature is extraordinarily charismatic to begin with. Um, and, uh, he, this movie, I was talking about this with one of my friends. Um, the movie gets you to think like, maybe he's right. (laughs) You know, there, there are points in the film at which like, yeah, he's the villain, but also, his perspective isn't isn't it's not like he just oozes pure evil, right? He comes from a very distinctive point of view and has a vision for his people that deviates obviously from the traditions and from T'Challa's much more uh, sort of even-handed and fair approach. But it's also Un- extremely understandable. <laughs> like you sympathize yeah. with him, you know? Sure. Sure. And yet when things play <clears throat> out the way that they play out, mm-hmm. you know that it's right. Yeah. And that's like, that's a very complicated thing to do. That's uh, another one of my friends that I was talking with about the film described the second half of the film as Shakespearean. Right. And I, you know, it's, you know, obviously it doesn't, hardly anything rises to the level of dramatic complexity of something like Shakespeare. But certainly in terms of a comic book movie, this transcends almost all of them in terms of the complexity of that character and your feelings about him. Um, and even the characters in the movies feelings about him. I mean, I think that the, when it comes to the end and I won't spoil it for anybody, but uh, when it comes to the great showdown between T'Challa and Killmonger, uh, it's actually like kind of a very touching encounter yeah. that they have. Sure. 
Sure um, it is, yeah. And and I, that's hard to do. It's hard to make you care about the bad guy. And this movie, I think, achieves that. And that's uh, that's great. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Well, yeah. So I guess we can conclude it there. That's our episode about yeah. Black Panther. It's a great Marvel movie. It's definitely worth seeing in the theater. Yeah. And uh, we should support this film. And I think if you like Marvel films, you're going to like this one. Yeah. Uh, I think so. And I think if you don't like Marvel films, you'll actually like this movie too, um, as I did. Uh, I think that it's, you know, it, it says everything that this is a, a an incredible cast and crew, including director, who are all people of color, uh, making mm-hmm. a film that is very uh, pointedly about the issues that people of color face in the world um, set against the backdrop of course of science fiction and comic book insanity, but it Mm -hmm. feels this movie feels so much more personal and it feels so much more grounded (laughs) and good (laughs) than Mm -hmm. almost any of the Marvel movies I've seen. I, I actually highly recommend this, which, um, you know, for any listeners of the podcast is, is a rare thing for me to say about a Marvel movie. So, uh, definitely get out there and see this film, uh, support it. See it a couple times, man. It's, it's good. Indeed. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, join us for our next episode. It's going to be another listener's choice. We have Liz returning to the program. We're so excited. Oh yeah. Liz is bringing a film that we think you should see (laughs) yeah i'm gonna leave it at that yeah leave it at that stay tuned we'll see you then